Thank y'all so much, guys. It's it's really good to be with you all this morning. And uh, we're a little tired, but we're going strong. We're thanking the Lord for just the many things that he's doing. Um, transitioning us to West Monroe has been a, a challenge physically. Um, spiritually, it's been absolutely amazing what God is doing. Um, I could preach a whole nother sermon on the miracles and the, the, the work that God's doing and preaching grace and watching people's lives being transformed. I'm talking about a territory of our state that is stooped in religion and stooped in just law living. Uh, it's incredible. Everybody that we talk to that's lost and we ask them if they grew up in church, they, they turn their nose up and they're like, we don't want to have anything to do with church. We don't want to have anything to do with Christians. And it's because that they've been the way that they've been treated by religious people uh, the Pharisees did the same thing, but God is sending us there. He is bringing revival. I know it. I'm watching it. I'm loving it. And uh, guys, we're a part of that. I thank you. This is our church. This will always be our home church. Pastor Lee, you will always be our pastor. I thank God so much for this church. Guys, y'all have deposited in Christ Jesus a wealth of ministry into our lives, pastorally a wealth of ministry. I would not be the man that I am today if it weren't for you and and this church. And look, y'all are our greatest friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. And y'all have poured a wealth of Christ into us. And I give him the glory for that. But thank you for loving us. Thank you for the way that you serve one another. I'm going to talk this morning about the church and, and what it looks like today. And it, what it looked like back when Jesus uh, began this ministry and this, this calling of people that he's called out this morning. And I want to talk to us about it. But I do want to thank you all this morning. I know there's people that probably couldn't be here because of the rain. We do want to pray continually that people's houses don't flood. I know what that's like and it's not pretty sight. Um, I do want to acknowledge Mr. Tony Pittman, Pastor Tony Pittman. Uh, from Texas is here with us today. Harold, I'm acknowledging you, brother. Hey! Amen. Come on. But we're, we're glad to have you here this morning, brother. You're looking good. You and your lovely bride there. Amen. Hey, I want to encourage you this morning. If God is for you, who can be against you? Amen? Aren't you glad to be part of the kingdom of God? Aren't you glad to be born again and a child of God? Can we give him praise? Jesus paid an extreme price to purchase your salvation. To purchase you. To have an intimate walk with you. To bring you to a place today that you never have imagined that you would be. A life full of joy, excitement. Amen? Even though we go through bad times, good times, rich times, poor times, you know what? Jesus has always been there for you. He has never left you one time. There's nobody in this room that can say, you know, I don't know if the Lord has been with me here or there. He seems so far away. I can tell you when he seems the farthest away, that's when he's the closest to you. Amen. Thunderbirds, God is with you. He loves you. Your steps are ordered of God. He knows everything about your life. Be encouraged in the midst of the trials that you have faced more than once. 
There's a lot of people in this room that can say, we know the trials. We know what you're going through. We know where you're at. And you know what? That is Jesus being able to identify with everything in your life and everything in everyone's life. And aren't you glad that Jesus is acquainted with our grief? Amen. He loves you this morning. Be encouraged in the Lord this morning as we begin this service here. How many of you know that God is our rock and our refuge? He's our strength. When we're weak, that's when he's the strongest. And I love it. So, hey, stay weak. Stay weak. Ask God to keep you humble before him at all times. I want to talk to you this morning as my friends and as the church of Jesus Christ. We live in an hour where things are drastically changed in what church life looks like compared to a hundred years ago and to where we are today and what people call the church and what it looks like. Hey, we're going to church. Hey, this is my church. You ought to come to my church or hey, I don't like that church or we're going to come do church. It's what we do on Sunday. What do we do? We go to church and a lot of people, you hear all those comments being made And people are like, this church, that church. And there are different people that have buildings that they call church where they gather together. I want to talk about that this morning. You could go into this and preach multiple messages. I'm just going to give us a snapshot today that the Lord gave me. For us as First New Testament Church to continue in the things that God has poured into your life. The life that he's given you, the body, the members that he's gathered us together here at this building, at this part of Baton Rouge. Because there's church buildings all over the world today, or at least in the United States of America, that are gathering this morning, that are gathering together today. And they're fellowshipping with one another. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to read a few passages of scripture this morning. Matthew chapter 16. Please follow with me on this. I'm going to tell you what, there's nothing greater than the word of God. I, I, uh, I echo Pastor Lee this morning. There's nothing greater that you could hold in your hand than the Bible, the word of God. This is a living word. This is our life. This is the bread and the breath and the light of my life. Every single day I can't live without the word of God. And I'm not talking about being a theologian. I'm not talking about being a Pharisee and and quote and memorize scriptures. I'm talking about a born again person filled with the Holy Ghost. And this word is your life. You cannot live without it. A lot of us, maybe your Bibles are rolling around on your floorboards back there and crinkled up. Knock the dust off of it and give it to somebody that will read it if you're not. Amen. Hey, there's people around the world that would kill to get one of these. I've been in mission trips where we bring boxes of Bibles and people flock around you like you flicked a cracker at the beach and they come running to get a Bible. Amen. So I thank God for this great book and I thank God that we can actually in America buy as many of these as we want to. In many countries, they can't get them. And I pray that God would send this great book and put it in every hand of every human. Amen? At Matthew chapter 16 this morning, we're going to talk about the church. What is it? Who is it? What does it look like today? And what does it look like back then? Matthew 16 verse 13, if you'd read with me. Levi, would you bring me my water, son? I love you. Matthew chapter 16 verse 13. It said, when Jesus came... Into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. 
He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, others, Jeremiah, maybe one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said back to him, You're a blessed man, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. One of the things I want to pull out in here, because Jesus said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Some people think that Peter is the rock, and that Peter is the church where it was built upon. The Catholics would teach you that. Peter is a man. That rock is Jesus Christ. And what he's saying here is, who do you say that I am? And I'll ask you that this morning. Who do you say that Jesus is? Because Peter, being a very blessed man, it was said of Jesus, he said, you're very blessed to have this understanding, this revelation that man didn't give to you. My Father in heaven gave you this revelation. What was the revelation? You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? That's a person that has been illuminated by the Spirit of God. Because man didn't teach him that. And because he was illuminated by the Spirit of God, in whom gave that revelation to, 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 to Simon Peter, or Peter, Simon Barjona, he said, you're Peter, and upon this rock, I am going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Aren't you glad for that this morning? If you're born again here this morning, and the Spirit of God has given you a revelation of who you are, Outside of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God has given you a revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. Listen, you're blessed this morning. Can I get an amen? I said you're blessed this morning. Because flesh and blood didn't show this to you. You might have had a man preach it to you. But I'm going to tell you what, apart from the Spirit of God, no man shall see God. No man will understand God. No man will get a revelation of what Christ Jesus did at the cross to bring salvation to this world. Our natural minds don't get it. The natural mind doesn't perceive the things of God. They're foolishness to him. But when the Spirit of God gives a revelation of who Jesus Christ is to you, our eyes are opened, our ears are opened, and the Spirit of God reveals who you are, And then as a free will that God gave every man, you make a choice to confess you are the son of the living God who takes away the sins of the world. And therefore, that's when a man is born again and you enter into a life with Jesus Christ. You enter into what now Jesus calls the church, all right? He said, upon this rock, this confession or this profession of faith, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, I'm not going to get into the study of the church too much. But the Apostle Paul said that the church was a mystery. It was a mystery from the beginning. God always wanted to have a house. 
And it was a mystery from the beginning, but he revealed it through the apostle Paul and the apostles. He revealed this mystery, and this mystery was God wanted to live in man. The Bible says that we are the habitation of God in Christ Jesus by the Spirit. God comes to live in you. The Bible says that our body is the temple that the Holy Spirit would live in. Amen? So God, now, if you're born again, you have called upon the name of the Lord for the salvation of your soul. And I'm not talking about saying a prayer and coming into a building that we call church and trying to make your life better. There's a lot of people that do that. They try to come in. They want to do what, what do we do? We pray the prayer. What do I say? We, we pray the prayer. We come in. I'm going to turn a new leaf. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to do better. I'm going to try to make my life. And you give me, tell me how to live this Christian life. And I'm going to tell you what, you could never, you could never live a Christian life apart from the Spirit of God living in your life. Because all you're going to do is just try to do things you can't do on your own. Pastor Lee preached it at 9 o'clock. You can do nothing on your own. If the grace of God don't come live in you, we're not going to follow God. Nothing's going to change in your life. You will not become a new creature. Old things won't pass away. If you don't believe me, just look at all of the counseling that the world gives. All of the AA and all, they mean well. I love it. I'm glad they're trying to help society. But I'm going to tell you what, there's only one freedom. There's only one victory over this old life to become a new one. And I'm going to tell you what, it's in Jesus Christ alone. It is only by that power that a man will ever be set free. Apart from that, you will try to work, 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 turn your leaf over a hundred times. And there will never be victory for you. Oh, you might have one little accomplishment here and one little accomplishment there. But I'm going to tell you what, you want total victory, you want life, you want freedom, you want salvation. You want to know what true life really is? Hey, call upon the name of the Lord for the salvation of your soul and you shall live and not only live then, but you will live an abundant life now. Amen. I love Jesus. And I'm thankful for him this morning. So upon this confession that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church upon this confession. That word church means ecclesia in the Greek. I'm not a scholar in Greek and Hebrew, but I do love to study it. Ecclesia or ecclesia in the Greek. It's called, the meaning of it is a calling out. An assembly of people on earth and in heaven. So when you're born again, and when many people over the years were born again, I'm not talking about the saints of born, talking about people that are born again on this side of Calvary. It's the born again people. It's the ones that have confessed with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You become a member or you become a part of the church of God. Not only in this earth, but even in heaven. Because there are people that have gone home before you that are born again, that are in heaven. That's the church. There are people on other parts of the planet right now that are born again. That's the church. You have church members all over the world right now. It's not just a building. It's not First New Testament church. We're the church. It's not a building, all right? And so this is what God is bringing together. God's desire is that every tribe, every nation would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So what did it look like back then? 
Because, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Things have changed over the years. Pastor Lee, you and I have seen a lot of things change in the last 23 years, 24 years of walking together and watching what people have done in the world to try to build up or to create or to um, cause some type of prosperity in what we call the church today. People want it to, to look a certain way. And how many of you love decorations? I love them. I love that, that the building is being decorated differently than we are, uh, than we were back then. We don't live in the 1960s anymore, right? We don't live in 1984 anymore. We're in 2023 now, so things different. Cars look different. Uh, your makeup looks different. Your hairstyles are different. The lighting is different. Uh, the, the, the tiles on the floor from then to now are different. That's all wonderful, all right, to be a part of the building. But I'm talking about the church. Church of God, guys. I'm talking about the habitation of God in this world. Amen. And I want us to keep our eyes upon that. We're not coming to First New Testament Church to do church. All right. We're coming to First New Testament Church building as the church. Come on now. We're coming here as the church. We are born again. We are the church of God. And there's something that God is doing when his people are gathered together as the church. And this world needs to see because a lot of people just come in and they do church. What do you have for us today, Pastor? Hey, give us a good message. We're looking for a good word today. And if you're shouting and screaming and spitting, you're anointed. And if you talk real calm and slow, you're boring and you're not anointed. So give me the screamers. Give me the hoppers and the jumpers or whatever. They're the anointed ones. Away with all that. I'm going to tell you what's anointed this word. I'm going to tell you what. This is what we need to be listening to. I don't care about the calisthenics of a human being. Look, are you preaching the word? Are you feeding the flock of God? Are we learning? Is your faith being built up? So people say, oh, come to church because the building is so nice. It's so pretty. And I feel, you know, accepted there, whatever. Praise God. Hey, are you being fed this? Is your faith growing? Hey, when you're, when you're down and, and you get bad news, it, you can stand right back up and say, God has taught me from this word that no matter what I face, God is with me. He's going to get me through this. How do we know that? Because our pastor has poured this word into our life. Brothers and sisters in this room, you have poured this life into people around you. I know you've poured it into me and into my family. Amen? So God is doing great things. This is what the church should look like in the hour that we live. How many of you want to see revival? How many of you are wondering, how come we don't see you know, this, these, this revival type of things we read in the book of Acts. I mean, is God going to sleep or something? How come we don't see the miracles that we, we read about in the Bible? And how come when the church building fills up with all these people, how come we're not seeing all these miracles? Now, I can tell you we are here at First New Testament Church. I can tell you that. But I'm talking about just generalized over the United States of America. Because when I tell people, hey, I'm seeing miracles, it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we see them all the time. Really? Man, we don't see any, any miracles at our church. And I'm thinking, why not? Why are you not? Did God just choose to come here and not over there? Huh, maybe so. Maybe so. Let's think about that. Let's think about it. 
Acts chapter 2, turn there with me. What, is it, what did the church look like when it gathered? Acts chapter 2, verse 42, very familiar scriptures. This is the day of Pentecost. Jesus said it's expedient. He told his disciples as he was about to ascend back to heaven, it's expedient that I go away because if I don't go away, he won't come. And he was talking about the Holy Spirit, the power of God coming upon a human to change and transform that life forever. So this is the day of Pentecost. And it says in verse 42, and y'all know that, you know, Peter preached the message on this day. 3,000 people came into the kingdom. 3,000 people were born again that day. And something began to happen in these 3,000 people, plus the 120 that was in that upper room. It says they continued, stay with me on this, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued steadfastly in fellowship. They continued steadfastly in communion. That's the breaking of the bread. They continued steadfastly praying together. Fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were happening, being done by the apostles. And all that were believed, we're talking about born-again people, all that believed were together. They had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods, and they parted them to all men, everyone that had a need. And they continuing daily in one accord. We're talking about people that are gathering together. They're in unity. They're of one mind. They got one focus, one goal, one desire. They were breaking bread. That's eating food. We did it last night. They were eating their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They were praising God. They were having favor with all people. And the Lord added, who did it? The Lord, the Lord added, the Lord added. Guys, highlight that in your Bible, underline it three times. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Who was adding to the church? The Lord was. There's a lot of things going on in this world right now. What do you think Jesus is most occupied with in this hour? Do you think he's worried about Congress? Do you think he's worried about the left wing or right wing? Do you think he's worried about China and, and Russia and Korea and, and things that are going on around our world? Do you think he's really worried or concerned about all that? He's Alpha and Omega. You know what he is most occupied in this hour? Building his church. Building his church. And so people say, well, God's occupied with building his church. Praise God. He needs a little help. How many of you know that God does not need any help to build his church? Where's the power? It's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. If men are going to believe to have this confession from their life, they got to hear if they're going to believe, right? And how are they going to hear without a messenger to bring them that message to believe? Right? So God is doing this work in this same hour. What is he doing? He's building his church. He's building his church. And you know what else he's doing? 
He's exposing what's not his church. He is going to take his body as he's always done. And he is going to set you up, like Pastor Lee quoted earlier, as a bright light up on a hill. How many of you know that light makes manifest of everything that's dark? And I'm going to tell you what, God said you're either for me or against me. And I'm going to tell you what, there is an enemy out there that is trying to somewhat duplicate or to manufacture something that God has built and God is building. But they want to, the, the, the enemy wants to manufacture something and put God's name on it. And because of the manufacturing and putting God's name upon it, that so-called the church is not seeing miracles. They try to perform miracles. They try to hype up things and do things and call it God. But there's no power in it. There's, there's no transformed life. It, it, it's easy to stir up people's emotions. It's easy to stir up and get people to do things. I've watched stuff all over the world, all in the name of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you what. If you didn't see it here, run. If, if Jesus didn't do it then, the apostles didn't do it then, run. Because I'm going to tell you what, test everything by this right here. The Bible says test every spirit to see whether it's of God or not. And how do we test it? We test it with this. This is the word of God. So hey, ever more important, you need to know your word. Ever more important, you need to be born again and have the Holy Ghost living if you're going to understand this word. Otherwise, there are ravenous wolves out there. And I'm not saying in here, I'm talking about out in this world, some of your friends may be sitting under that. Well, I'm going to tell you what, there's a truth, and God is going to take this truth and set men free. And you know how he's going to do it? Through you, the born-again believer called the church, called the body of Christ in this world right now. How many of you are glad to be part of the body of Christ in the hour that we live? There's no greater position that you and I can hold than to be a part of the body of Christ. We're called the church, guys. This is good news. So what did it look like? They were gathered together. They had all things in common. They sold their possessions. They sold their goods. They were praising God. They were staying steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowshipping with one another. And in that, God began to multiply his church. And signs and wonders were happening. Miracles were happening. Jesus is doing the same thing in this hour. It's not your church. Pastor Lee says it all the time. This is not my church. You're you're not my people. You're God's people. I've heard you say it. Thank you for pouring life into, into us. To know that, you know what? This is God's body. So when you're dealing and talking to one another and caring for one another and rebuking one another, be careful to understand You're dealing with God's body. You're dealing with his church. You're not dealing with humans. You're dealing with the church of God. And so we ought to respect one another because, hey, you're a part of the church of God. You're a part of God's body. You know, if my my fist were to haul off and just smack me, it wouldn't be very nice to do. 
You know? And sometimes we do that, but we need to respect one another. We need to care about one another. We need to comfort one another. We need to understand that we're part of this body together. You're a child of God. You're part of the church of Jesus Christ. It's not a black church. It's not a white church. It's not the Baptist church, Pentecostal church. It's not the Methodist church. It's not an Assemblies of God church. How many of you know that denominationals, have caused probably some of the greatest division that I personally have ever witnessed in the last 20 years, 25 years of my walk with God. I want you to show me right here in this Bible where it talks about Pentecostals being the the only church or, you know, we're the Pentecostals of Winsboro. Praise God for Pentecost. I believe it. Amen. There's no Baptist in here, John. There's no Methodist in here. There's no assemblies of God in here. We are the assembled of God. Amen. The the denominations have caused such, you know, division over the years where, where, you know, you're Baptist, so we're not going to be part of your life. Hey, you're Methodist. We're not that. Hey, you're this. You're that. Hey, you know what they call them in Antioch? Say it again. How'd you know that? You read it in your Bible. They called them Christians in Antioch, right? We ought to be called Christians in this hour. Christians, born-again believers, followers of God, walking with Jesus. We're Christians in this hour. We're on the same team. Miss Carla read this passage last night from Corinthians. We're all on the same team, guys. If you're born again, you believe that the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and there's no other way to have salvation except through him, we're believing the same thing. We're on the same team. If you believe something theologically a little bit different, I'm not going to disassociate myself with you unless you're a heretic or you're preaching false doctrine. And then I'm going to help you. We're going to bring the word of God and let's look at it. But hey, we're all on the same team together. There's so many churches out there that don't want to, you know, deal with this church. We don't want to have nothing to that church. You know, y'all are a white church. We're a black church. We're, we're a Latino church. You know, hey, we're the church, guys. That's what I think is so beautiful about First New Testament. Hey, there's every color, every tribe, every nation in this room. And I love it for years. Pastor Lee has stood up here and says, I want a diverse church because that's who God made us. In Christ, there's no colors. In Christ, there's no nationalities. In Christ, we're all the same, guys. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Because when we get to heaven, hey, God created all men in his image. I don't care what color you are. Doesn't matter if you're male or female. He created all humans in the image of himself. Therefore, we're all precious in his sight. How dare we look down on somebody that's not like us? People do it all the time. They segregate all the time. Don't do that. That's not Christ. He loves everybody. And he has caused all men to be able to come to this saving knowledge. We're all one mind. We're all of one accord. We're all one body. We're all one spirit. One hope. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God. One father of all. Who is above all. Through all. And in you all. Amen. This is the work that God has done in our life if you're born again this morning. We are the habitation of God in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Jesus said, church is not what we do. Church is who we are, guys. Church is who we are. And we need to be about that in this hour. I was reading, you know, men have tried to build up the church. And I want you to hear me when I say this. There's a lot of people that put a lot of techniques. How many of you know that there are ways to build big businesses in the world? I I used to work for Coca-Cola and it was a big business. And it was run a certain kind of way where, you know, they would have a bigger, they would put more things out in the community. They would put more products out because they didn't want to just sell one product. They wanted to sell a lot of products. So they would go out of their way and they would promote and they would market their products to try to build up. They wanted to build up instead of having just one small business and two trucks on the road. We wanted to be a really big business and we don't have a 100,000 trucks on the road. Pouring Coca-Cola out into the stores. And then it becomes this big multi-billion dollar corporation. How many of you know that the church is not that? It's not that. I don't have a problem with, with, you know, there are administrations and there are things that we do as a church. Because, I mean, you got to run it somewhat like that. Because, I mean, we have lights, we have buildings, we have insurance, we have codes, working with the public. All that's necessary. But there are people that go out strategically to try to build the church up. Let me tell you what I saw the other day. Church Growth University. Jesus said, I will build my church. And there are people with universities that teach you how to build your church. That's sad, guys. Church Marketing University. How to grow your church from 100 people to 1,000 people in one year. What? Well, if you want... To hear my university on, you want to see it go from 100 people to 1,000 in a year? Go lay your life down for people in this world. Be full of the Holy Ghost and walk the streets of America. And pray that God would pour life out of you and there will be revival everywhere you go. Or, we can learn the techniques of corporate business. We can bring it into the house of God and we can grow this thing their way. And then... No miracles, no salvations. Man, we got 40,000 people in our church. I can tell you what, this church ain't ain't very big, but I'm going to tell you what, when people come in this door, there's life in here. There's salvation in here. There's people loving on one another in here. There are people in these altars praising God. There are people being added to the church daily. There are people in you in this room right now that's recently got born again. There are people in this room, you've led people to Jesus here recently. You know why? Because you understand how God grows a church. Marketing, hey, I get it. We got to put stuff out on Facebook. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about promoting something, an event that we're going to have at LSU. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking about strategic strategies to try to get people into your church. Here's a strategy that got me into the church. Hey, Jeff, we're having a dinner at our church this weekend. 
I've been praying for you. Would you come and visit our church? There's food. I came. You know what happened when I came? The word of God was preached to me. And God added one more soul to the, to the church that day. In this building or next, in the building next door. Amen? I'm not talking about promotions, guys. I'm talking about strategies that people are doing out there. All in the name of Jesus to try to build a big church. Big ministries. Look what we're doing. Look what we got going on. I've pulled up some of these people with these strategies. And all they talk about was all their strategic ways to get people into a room that they call the church. Oh, we've got all this going on. And people on the outside are looking in going, oh my gosh. They must be really godly people. I think I'll go to church there. Then they come into that church. And they start to learn how to be a good person. How to be a Christian. We're going to teach you the principles of living the life of a Christian. We'll call it discipleship. Guys, there's a fine line there. I hope you understand it this morning. Okay? There's a fine line there. You can never teach a person how to live a life like Jesus lived. But people do it all the time. Come on in. Join the church. Get into our programs. And hey. Start living a better life. We're going to count you on how to stop smoking. We're going to count you on how to not lose your mind with anger. We have anger programs for you. And guys I'm not belittling. If you give an anger program. You better take them right here. You got anger. You need to repent. You need to ask God to give you grace. Heck I got anger issues at times. But you ain't got to come pet me on the head and tell me to hold my breath for 30 seconds and, uh, you know, take a chill pill, bro. Okay, that ain't going to help me. I need a Holy Ghost move in my life if I'm not going to get angry. Are y'all with me this morning? I, wanna, I don't want to sound like a hard person, but I, I, I do want to tell you there's a lot of stuff out there. And it's getting worse. Then you got the flip side of that. You got the pharisaical churches. They ain't got hold on nobody in them. Because nobody likes that. Not even lost people. Lost people love the fluff, you know. Tell me what, you know, you come into church, I give you my tithe every week. Give me a good message. Kind of like going to the massage therapist once a week. It happens, guys. It's out there. Y'all know it's there. And those people are like the most financially most wealthiest churches out there. And they're doing nothing for the kingdom. We're a small church and I watch God do amazing things through here. Sure, we got mission trips. You know what they're doing on the mission trips? People's lives are being transformed. Miracles are happening. Marriages are being transformed. People of God are being transformed by the gospel of grace. Where people can see that, hey, I've been doing it all wrong. This is where we give our finances to, guys. This is what we pour our life into. Or we can pour it into a feel-good message. Something that sounds really good. I'll join that church. It's so big, I can just go hide in there. I don't have to do nothing. 
you're not part of the church. Because you know what? The church of God, you know what they continue steadfastly in? Something happened to the church. That's why you love coming to church. You can't wait to be with the body of Christ. You can't wait to pray together. You know why something's happened to you? You've been adopted into the family of God. You've become a joint heir of Christ Jesus. You are now part of something that you were never a part of. There's power and authority in the church of God. And hey, we house the very nature of God himself. And we get to go walk this planet with that authority, that love, that compassion, that affection towards the world. And that's how we're going to see lives changed every day. Church growth strategies, church marketing breakthrough series. Corporate models for your church to grow. I never seen anything like it. And I'm going to tell you what, this seems to be the majority of what you're seeing out there. I'm going to tell you in this hour, I believe God is going to and is rising his church up. There is a remnant of believers in this hour. And guys, my prayer is that we, as First New Testament Church, would keep our eyes on what Jesus is doing in this hour. And to know that if you're born again this morning, you're part of this church. It's not a building. It's who we are. We're inviting people into a life with Jesus Christ. And if you have to bring them in this building to tell them about it, bring it on. Thank you for inviting me. Amen. Thank you for inviting me. I want to just finish with this. What should it look like in the hour that we live? God took ignorant and unlearned men. Filled them full of the Holy Spirit. And he turned the world upside down. With just a few people. This book has never changed. The strategies of God have never changed. Thank you, Pastor Lee, for always preaching truth. Because of your life pouring into this one vessel, I'm able to take this life and bring it not only all over the world, but I get to go into a very religious area of our state. And stand along with other people. Because I know there's other believers. There's other real born again people. I'm not just saying okay we got one super guy going in. And and things are going to change. But I can tell you what. There is a super power that lives in me. And I will stand with full uh, arrogance. I guess you could say in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what kind of word to use. Proud to be. A born-again believer and have this power live in me. There's an authority that lives in me. There's authority that lives in you. And hey, you need to stand upon that authority. You need to know that you're in the habitation of God. And that everywhere that you go, there's a power coming out of your life. Your shadow will heal people. I've seen it happen in Peter's life. That same life lives in me. That same life lives in you. And I can tell you what, if you're born again here today, that is going to be the power and that is going to be the life and that is going to be the message that this world needs to hear if you want to see Jesus add to the church daily such that it would be saved. He's going to do it through you, not techniques, 
not fancy things. Thank God for the new carpet. I, I don't want y'all to say, oh my gosh, well, we've been changing a lot of things. So maybe we're doing that. Shame on you. All right. I'm not talking about that. Get on the internet and look around a little bit. I'll tell you not to, but you'll understand what I'm seeing, what, what's going on out there. That's just one thing that the devil's doing. And you see all these big mega things going on. And I'm not against the 3,000 people came into the kingdom of God mega church. It happened on the day of Pentecost. I get it. But the strategies. I'm glad you keep it simple, Pastor Lee. That's the most beautiful thing is that, hey, this life is in Jesus. He's going to build this church up because it ain't your church. It's his I can tell you what, I've watched this church grow from 112 people when I came here the day I was born again, 32 people on a Wednesday night, 30, 26 people on a, on a prayer night, and now we have over 400 people that are in these altars loving on one another, caring about one another, serving one another, feeding one another, praying over one another, selling their goods to give to those who have a need. Many of you have given to me. We've given to you. God is doing this. This is why this church has grown to be where it is. And that's why when people come into that, those doors and they come in here, you know what I remember about First New Testament Church? I've not heard one person say, oh my gosh, they're nursery. It is incredible. They got all kind of little slides and bouncy toys for the kids. Praise God for all that. Oh my gosh, the praise team, dear God, I left my other church because I just love Jordan. Oh, you're so awesome, and you are. Oh, the preaching, dear God, does it get any better than Pastor Lee? Come on now. There you go. You know what they're saying? Those people love us. There's love coming out of people that I have never seen in other places that I've attended church. They care about us. They surround us. They pray for us. They're weeping in the altars. They're loving on people. They're giving to one another. Guys, that's you. You're the church. Keep on keeping on. In Christ Jesus. By the power that he has invested within you. We call it grace. To be the church of the living God in the hour that we live. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet. These altars are open. I want to read this last passage of scripture to you. This is what the church should look like. Not only inside this building which I just said. But outside this building, the church is going to be loosened bands of wickedness. The church is going to be doing undoing heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free. Breaking every yoke of bondage. The church is going to be dealing bread to the hungry. The church is going to bring in the poor that are cast out. The church, when they see someone naked, they're going to cover him. And the church is not going to hide from the people that live around them every day. Right, Mr. Tony? You've seen a lot, my friend. Listen, this is what the church is going to do. If you turn away.
away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your own pleasure on my holy day. Call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, shall honor him. I said, you shall honor him, not doing your own thing, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, not speaking your own words. If you do that, and only by the power of God can we do that, being led of the Spirit, you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And the Bible says that God will cause you to ride high or ride upon the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord is spoken. Amen. Father, thank you for this time, God. I thank you that you have given us a revelation of Jesus. Thank you for his death on the cross to forgive us of our sin, to cleanse us, to make someone new out of us, to bring us in to this kingdom. Thank you for your resurrection power. Lord, in that resurrection, you've given us life and hope and victory. You defeated death. You defeated wrath. You defeated hell. You defeated the flesh in all that we can produce. You defeated that. I thank you, Father, for your ascension into heaven. Thank you for saving us and giving us a revelation of who we are outside of Jesus and who we are in Him. If you don't know Jesus today, give Him your life. Follow Jesus. Ask Him to give you a revelation of who you are, your life without Him. God to fill you with the Holy Spirit today fresh and new that you can go into this world be the minister that God's called you to be, to be the church in the hour that we live 